It's another episode of Two Peas reviewing Blue Beetle, or as I like to call it, Nick talks about a superhero movie. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast is here. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. This is Gerald with you. Nick, the the blue to my beetle. I don't know what that means. How are you? I love you. Welcome back, brother. If you don't stop making these lame jokes, I'm just going to log off. The blue to my... Who even are you? What, what you, does that mean? Yeah, why drinking, did I say that? He's got pumpkin beer tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and I, and I think it's just messed with his brain chemistry. I don't, I don't know what it is, you know what? but... In a unironic twist, I'm drinking it out of a flash beer mug. <laughs> I did. I actually did not intend for that to happen. <laughs> PC all over the place tonight. We're talking Blue Beetle tonight, guys. A movie that came out about ten days ago, and I saw it. And when it came out, I'm I've been kind of itching to talk about it because I have some thoughts. Nick, I know you just saw it. And I'm sure it's going to be a lively discussion as we get into it. But real quick, how are you, brother? Now, Nikolai's Kitchen, I saw some shit on Twitter today that got me excited. A new episode's dropping soon or already did or what's going on? You have your apron on. I assume that has something to do with it as well. I mean, I just had my apron on because I made pizza earlier today and I just uh, I just ah. never took it off. Made scratch made pizza, which is uh, just such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful dish to put up. But no, uh, brand new episodes of Nikolai's Kitchen return this Wednesday, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, already recorded yeah. it. I just finished hitting the record button on it just before recording this episode of Two Peas. So unless I get too lazy to edit it, a uh, brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen will be dropping for your feeds. If you're not familiar with my food show, it's uh, it's a it's a my journey of scratch made food and positive energy, and it's also. I mean, I kind of refer to it as like my little my little confessional. I get really raw. I get really honest mm. about like yeah. the things that I'm struggling with, the things things that I'm dealing with in my life uh, on the show. So you know, it's 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 a lot more than just a food show. It's a lot about uh, mental health and stuff as well. So uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, check it out. I'll just say you're an inspiration. That's why I have you on this show. But also, why are you competing with two peas? You're dropping it on the same day that this episode comes out. That's because think about think about the listeners, G. They can get <laughs> double the nick for their ear holes on the on the same day. Yeah, that's good. Nikolai's Kitchen's always released on Wednesdays, so I just don't care. That's just that's just when I'm, I'm when I'm gonna release joking. it. I'm joking. No one listens to the show anyway. You're fine. <laughs> I I listen to it, but I'm gonna listen to Nikolai's Kitchen first and then uh, then I'll listen to then I'll listen to two peas, all right? That's probably, I don't know, maybe you should be the headliner, but do whatever you want, man. That's that's fine. <laughs> Before we talk Blue Beetle tonight, though, Nick, we always start every episode with one big question. So let's get into it. You could ask yourself a question. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? All right. So I got one, but I went first last week. Do you have a big question for me, buddy? What do you got? My big question, Gerald. So this one is very, very Blue Beetle-centric because this movie got me thinking about the kind of superhero landscape in general. As you know, I am very cynical about superhero movies these days. I know you've got a fair bit of fatigue in that realm yourself. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, given how this film is performing at the box office, it had a budget of like $100 million-ish and not projected to necessarily blow the doors off of the box office in any sense or anything like that do you think 
released this movie 10, even 15 years ago, like around the time of the beginning or the height of that kind of superhero cinema boom, do you think this would have broken a billion dollar box office? Or I mean, is this movie performing where it's supposed to be for what it is? Or do you think that it's because it's kind of after, at least in my opinion, that bubble has burst? Uh, do you think it's maybe because it's like after that bubble has burst that maybe it's not performing as well? Like, are we really on kind of the decline of that superhero bubble, so to speak? You know what is interesting because uh, it's a multi-tiered question, really. But I think yes and no because I think Blue Beetle's not one of the Mount Rushmore of superheroes, right? It's not one of the household names necessarily, like your Spider-Man's or Captain America's or Batman, Superman. It's not on that level, so it could be considered a little more niche, a little more indie, if you will, a little more kind of underground of a superhero. So I don't think we would be looking at, you know, multiple million dollar or billion dollar box office, really, regardless of when it was released. It's just not popular enough of a character. But the second part of that is the superhero fatigue in general really hurt this film and really any other superhero film for the foreseeable future, in my opinion, Uh, because it is what it is. It's a superhero movie. So if you're over them, you're over them. And I don't want to get into my thoughts on this film quite yet. Cause we're going to be there in a few minutes, but I was not excited to see this. And generally speaking, I don't get excited for these movies anymore. I really don't like if something comes along and I think it's a good film or even a passable film, like the flash, for example, and I find good things about it, then that's okay. And it's it's great to be surprised at the movies, but I don't go into them like I did 10, 15 years ago, where I'm like, I'm waiting in line to buy a ticket. I've got to see it, popcorn in hand, ready to go months before I'm I'm pumped. Like I just don't have that feeling anymore. And you mentioned cynical, and you and I are similar in that way when it comes to this genre, at least. And uh, I don't want to be the old guy on the lawn shaking my fist at a cloud, but you know, I just don't care anymore. I really don't. You know, now I'll go see it, especially if we're like covering on the show, like Blue Beetle. I'll go see them. And my son, who's about to turn 10 years old, is a great demographic for these kinds of movies. So, oh, for sure. you know, he gets really excited to see them. And that's really special to see him experience what I was experiencing at his age with movies in the 80s and 90s. So that part of it is cool and nostalgic and, you know, warm and fuzzy. But, you know, if we're just talking real, man, I mean, on a personal level, I just wish I wasn't as cynical and that I was able to be a little more excited. But it's just no room to breathe between these productions. Like there's one today. There's another one tomorrow. A lot of them feel really empty and cold and CGI over bloated nonsense. And again, I'm going to hold my thoughts on this one specifically. but and I'm talking in generalities right now, but to answer your question, I, I think that regardless of when the Blue Beetle specifically came out, I don't think it would have been a quote-unquote box office hit because I feel like it's a little too niche. Okay. Very, very what do you interesting. Think? I mean, for me, like I'm, I'm even more cynical about superhero movies than you are. I don't think that's a stretch to say. I even at the height of the quote unquote superhero like kind of movie boom, like the big rise of the MCU and all those movies coming out like that. I was even critical of a lot of those movies even at the time. So I've 
always been a little bit cynical about superhero movies in some way, and that has definitely only like greatly intensified as more and more of these things come out. I think it's just been a massive oversaturation, especially from the Marvel side of things. I mean, DC has been a mess for years and we know that, but like, especially from the Marvel side of things, they've got so many different TV shows, so many different, I have no idea. Like there's so many different things you have to know now just to watch one of these movies. It feels like, it feels like a, like a gigantic homework assignment. Like I got five essays I got to do the night before Mm -hmm. in order to go and watch one of these movies and in order to enjoy it. So like for me, like I, I really, really, really get disappointed in these i very very particularly really hate third acts and superhero movies because they are often just giant bombastic cgi noise like they are they are often just unwatchable because there's just so much cgi noise getting thrown at the screen you can't even really get into it because you can't tell what's going on and for me that has really really soured me on a lot of superhero movies because that's really like all that we've gotten lately for mm-hmm. them uh so we'll talk like whether this film like kind of towed that line or whether it you know rose above that or whatever else we'll talk about that as we get into our, our main thoughts on the film here but i mean yeah i disagree with you though about whether or not this film would have made a billion dollar box office if this would have been released oh, at the okay. right time if you catch the right audience at the right time think about it uh, you say like blue beetles on a household name definitely not i agree with you there but neither were guardians of the galaxy uh ni- i mean well black panther probably more so but like, like it's not like it's unprecedented for some of these other characters. And I don't think the first Guardians movie did billions, but I think it did like eight hundred million, some nonsense like that. Like, and nobody had heard of Guardians of the Galaxy like specifically before that mm-hmm. movie had come out. I think if you would have caught this movie at the right time in that kind of rising superhero wave. I think it could have. I think there's a possibility for it there, or maybe at the very least been a strong, uh, like, like, like way like quadrupled, quintupled its its budget. Not like it is now where it's basically going to struggle to break even from the sounds of things. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I, I'll give you that. I think the timing could have been a lot better. I mean, you know, they had initially, they were going to release this on HBO Max initially. They, were even, they weren't even going to give it a theatrical release. And they did, and I mean, I'm kind of glad they did, because like I said, I got to experience it with my son and, you know, all the other kids in his age group, that like, you know, 8 to 12-year-old kind of age group that really, you know, they're going to remember those types of experiences, whereas me and you were going, we've seen this 50 times, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to keep doing it over and over again. So I'm yeah. glad they did, though, for that reason, for the younger generation, if you will, that loves comic books and, and superheroes. But my one big question to you, Nick, is not as broad of a question. It is is kind of inspired by Blue Beetle, and this is not necessarily a spoiler, but you know, in the movie, Blue Beetle kind of attaches itself to its host and ends up giving the host all these different capabilities and strengths and superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. So, and it's kind of like, I guess, a form of AI in a way, a little bit in the movie too, which I thought was kind of timely to what's going on in the world right now, but. If there was a chip that could be inserted in your brain, Nick, and attach itself to you, Mm. right, and could it give you one ability, just one ability that you currently don't have, and you would be perfect at it, what ability would you want it to possess? I mean, I would say (laughs) this is going to seem really strange maybe or whatever the case may be 
but this is kind of we talked about like you know Nikolai's kitchen is going to be returning this week and about a lot of that being therapy for me but i talk a lot mm. in that episode about really being log jammed i get so overwhelmed by the amount of things i have to do constantly that i kind of shut down and don't get any of them done because i feel so overwhelmed at the thought of starting one of them and i'm sure some people out there listening can really 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 kind of they're going to find some 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 parody in that or something like that but i think the ability that i would like to have would be the ability to just be more productive does that even make sense like like to where the like to where the ai could make me like like literally like hyper efficient like make me hyper efficient in terms of getting done the things i want to get done like every time i cut content like every time i make a clip it's it's the right clip the first time every time i do anything i do it Mm. perfectly efficiently every single time and like how much that would speed up and how much that would help to like get all the different things done that i need to get done like i don't even need superior powers at this point like i don't need to fly i don't need super strength i don't need whatever like i just need the ability to get stuff done even more efficiently than i possibly humanly could now and that would maybe help with some of the anxiety that i deal with about that overwhelming feeling (laughs) that's probably the weirdest most real answer i could give that but that's fine that's where my head is right now because i just recorded that episode before this so that's what you're getting all right no i like it it makes sense to me and i I could see why you would want that to happen with all the stuff you have going on for me it's a little more abstract but I have never, ever been able to play an instrument. Wow. So I feel like if a chip could give me an ability overnight, I would want to play a musical instrument and just know it as a second language, whether it's piano or guitar or drums. It doesn't really matter. Honestly, I don't have a specific one that I gravitate towards more than the other. I think drum playing is pretty cool. Like always kind of, you know, look up to the drummers when I'm at concerts and stuff, kind of keeping the beat and everything. And they kind of stand out to me, but I don't know, man, I would just, it just seems so overwhelming to me to sit there with or without lessons and just figure out all these, it's basically a foreign language that you have to figure out. I just can't do it. I've never really tried more than like 10 minutes to do it. (laughs) Maybe I'm lazy. I don't know, but I just didn't feel like I could ever do it in my life. I have a lot of friends that do and stuff, but I don't know, man. I feel like that'd be cool to wake up one morning and just be able to play the drums and just know how to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be it'd be kind of crazy. Get, That's get my it. answer. Get it, man. Yeah, just go get Do-dum. some. All right. Well, we're discussing Blue Beetle tonight. Thank you for one big question there, Nick. That was uh, that was good, man. I, I I agree with everything you said, and I understand what you're saying now. With every episode when we do our movie review, we give our early score reveal out of 10. Our individual scores, guys, we have not discussed this with each other. We have no idea what each other think of the film, what we're going to give it. We give our score, and then we kind of discuss how we got to that number. Nick, are you ready? Let's do the early score reveal, brother. Damn it! This always happens! I think I'm going to score, and then I never score! It's not fair! So before before we do the score reveals here, Gerald, do you, do you want me to apologize to you like ahead of time? Like, should 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 I preempt it with an apology like you did last week with your blasphemously low rating of the room? Is that should I should Look, I preempt man, it with that or? No, you shouldn't. Because oh, okay. Okay. I, I know you love the room and I wanted to apologize to you for not loving it as much as you did on my first watch. But I have no idea what you think of Blue Beetle. And I assume you don't know what I think about it either. So I got a good idea. No apology necessary, okay? I'm with you in the superhero fatigue camp, so let's just talk about it, man, and see what worked and what didn't work. So I'm ready if you are, man. All right, fine. Let's do it. Three, two, one. 
Seven out of ten. Hey, seven out of ten for me as well. Wow, look oh at that! Oh my god! Now, Gerald, Gerald, that's a, a seven. That's a seven out of ten for the peas. That's a seven. You add that together. That's fourteen out of twenty. Get the get the math, get the math right, right down there. That makes it easy when we match up. You know? Seven is seven out of ten, and I mean we're going to talk. We'll get into spoilers when we when we get into spoilers and yeah. and everything like that. But just suffice to say, like I am extraordinarily cynical when it comes to these superhero movies right. this day in age, and. I went into this movie like you probably saw my post on Facebook earlier today when I went to see the movie I was like I could be literally doing yep. anything else right now I had to sit through 12 minutes of commercials then trailers then the god awful movie quotes thing at Regal Cinemas which if you've ever been to a Regal lately and they play all these random people saying movie quote it's terrible it's the worst movie intro real thing I've ever seen in the theater ever it's so bad. Um, right. So I was not in a good mood. I did not want to see this. I really, really didn't care to see this. But having said that, like talking like we talked about in the one big question, a, a superhero movie has to do for me a, a certain number of things to be a, a win for me. And this one did not check some of the boxes that some recent superhero fair has decided to check. And it gets a big plus for me in that book. Now it does have a lot of very, very formulaic elements. So we'll talk about all that, but I think the biggest thing, and I, I know you're going to agree with this, but I'll, I'll, I'll yield the floor to you here in just a second. Jesus, this movie's got heart. Mm -hmm. So much, so much absolute beating, beating heart. In this movie, I mean, the absolute centerpiece of that is, of course, uh, Sholo Maraduena, incredible, absolute beating heart, beating, throbbing center of this movie. He has a lot of fun in this role. You can tell he's having an absolute blast. You can tell he really cares about this character. You can tell he really cares about making this movie. You could tell he's just so invested in making this role everything it is. You can feel at times in the script, you can feel his anger. You can feel his... Uh, his anxiety you can feel the the kind of tension that he feels you can feel his awkwardness at those moments when he feels awkward and you can feel his fear like i mean just an absolutely phenomenal performance but i i gotta get i gotta get your your opening take on this before we uh before we jump off the spoilers yeah i love everything you said man and to keep it spoiler free to kind of piggyback on what you're saying this is a movie about family right and it's about his heritage and his family dynamic. And then this kind of superhero stuff kind of happens to him and it happens to the story, but it's almost like it's not the story. You know, the story is more his journey as a young man and his kind of dedication to his family. Mm -hmm. You know, that opening scene I hated with Susan Sarandon and the whole cold open or whatever. That was stupid with the whole thing. And I was like, is this what we're in for? I, as soon as I saw that scene, I had that kind of same reaction. I was just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be horrible. Yeah. Luckily, it shifted gears, and we actually didn't even see her for quite a while after that, yeah. uh, her character. But And when it shifted gears, it really did a great job of connecting us to him, Jaime, and to his dedication and kind of seeking his family's kind of like not necessarily approval but just like wanting them to be proud of him and wanting to make them proud and he had such a quirky fun relationship with the sister and you really got the sense like his dad was just this hard-working blue-collar guy his whole life that just wanted his kids to succeed and he 
you know, Jaime was the first one that graduated university and that was a big deal. And we'll get into the performances later, but George Lopez stole the show for me as like the weird conspiracy really theory did. uncle and really did <laughs> so good at this yeah he 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 legitimately but ran away with this movie he really did he did man. so good and, and i mean nothing that i like took away from this movie like where i it's like still sitting with me has to do with the superhero elements and i think that is like the biggest win for this movie because that stuff was fun and i really liked it it wasn't you know the suit was practical in this movie for example and you you look at a movie like The Flash a few months ago, and that was a CGI mess. It was like the VFX artists threw up all over the screen. I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> it was laughable. <laughs> and this was a practical suit. I mean, there was some CGI in this movie, of course. I mean, of course but, there was, yeah. But it wasn't over like, oh, my God, I can't even see straight after watching it because it's so, you know. So anyway, I, I agree with you. We can get into spoilers when you're ready. But I mean, generally speaking, I just love that it focused on kind of the non-superhero elements as the real takeaway for me in this movie. Yeah, I would I would really, really agree. And I mean, we'll break down the spoiler wall. So again, if you haven't seen Blue Beetle, I, mean, I think definite recommendation from us. Go see this movie. Yeah. It's not performing as well as it kind of really deserves to because it is better than a lot of the other superhero fare we've seen of late. It is light years better than The Flash, like mm -hmm. so many light years better than The Flash. And to kind of lean into a little bit more about what I was talking about before. The big, 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 big thing that always rubs me wrong about these superhero movies these days is these gigantic CGI noise fests that yeah. these third acts of these movies have become where there's so much CGI going on literally at all times. You can't even tell what's going on on the screen because it's so busy. We've seen it in Wonder Woman 84. We've seen it in like Thor Love and Thunder. We've seen it in The Flash most recently. We've seen it in so many different recent superhero movies. This movie bucks that trend. It does not get in. Now, there's definitely more effects, I would say, in the third act of this movie than probably yeah. the first two, but it's not gigantic tons of CGI noise. It's like there's a couple CGI elements, but it's it 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 remains relatively grounded in that aspect. And I don't know if I was just really needing that from a superhero movie to kind of not do that. And and like maybe that's why I'm being kinder to it in that aspect. But that was so refreshing to me to not have to see this ridiculously bombastic over the top giant CGI finale. Like that to me was 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 really, really amazing. And I didn't know how you felt about that, but that was such a breath of fresh air for me that it immediately elevated this film to me when I'm gonna be honest with you, coming out of the second act of this film, I was 50-50 on it. I was probably riding about halfway, like a, like a, like a okay. score right in the middle. The heart was there. Like, I was really loving this family unit. I was really attached to this family unit. Utterly crushed, utterly heartbroken when the dad died. Like, and I kind of knew, like, they talked about he had just had a heart attack, like, at the beginning of the movie. So they're kind of setting that up that he's going to die. And it's a superhero yeah. movie anyway. So you kind of have that idea that, like superheroes have to have something tragic happen in their origin whatever like but i was still utterly crushed because they really did such a good job of attaching you to this family of really endearing you to this family but i'm 50 50 because the superhero elements up to that point sucked straight mm -hmm. sucked straight up sucked it's nothing that we have not seen before yeah, but there wasn't a lot of them either though like it was more of a kind of like on the job training situation for him I'm not even talking necessarily just about him learning his powers. I'm more specifically talking about the fact that 
uh, I mean, let's face it. The second act of this movie is essentially a clone of the third act of Iron Man. He's just fighting. And why do superheroes, and this is probably more of a fault of superhero comic book writers than it is of movie writers. Why does every superhero just have like a, a, a villain that's just a, a version of themselves, but bad? I know. It's yeah. so it's so exhausting. Like he's just fighting this other thing that's like just like himself. I'm just like, it, like I said, it like legitimately, there's like, it, it, it reminded me so much of the first Iron Man movie when yeah. like Tony Stark's fighting again whatever Jeff Bridges' character's name was. I can't remember uh, now. Yeah, but, well, I can't remember his name either. But, but yeah. regardless, it reminded me so much of the third act of Iron Man. I was just come. I was just like, like seriously, like we've seen this before. We've this is this is so well trod ground at this point. I was just bored to tears through that whole fight, even though it was mostly practical too. Like it wasn't a bad fight from a, the way it was shot. I was just bored. I was just bored by it. The the filmmakers or the writers do an interesting thing where they give the villain a backstory but i feel like they waited too long to do that i agree 100 percent. yeah if we had had a little more information about him and not just this kind of like super soldier guy that he was just like this nameless dude i feel like it would have meant a little bit more and it would have had a, the, the stakes would have been a little bit higher but we don't really get that connection until like literally the end like the last five minutes of the movie and yeah. i thought it was a beautiful backstory for him i just wish they had kind of given us hints of that sooner and i felt like that hurt the villain in this movie too and let's talk about susan sarandon real quick nick because this is a good segue (laughs) what a fucking cash in for her i mean i I don't know what how do you feel i mean maybe i don't know if i'm alone here i love her like she's a veteran actress who has done so many great things yep she's been in so many movies that i absolutely adore that you know, Bull Durham, Thelma and Louise. I mean, you can name countless films that I've loved her in and that I love. But what was this? Like, I feel like she was literally on drugs, like reading lines off of a cue card in this movie. It was a horrible performance. And she was supposed to be the mastermind villain in this. And I just wasn't I was never I was never fearful of her in this film. To me, she's chewing scenery in this movie on a level of a Pedro Pascal in Wonder Woman 84, or even mm. he who shall okay. not be named Kevin Spacey in Superman Returns, like way, way over the top, ridiculously over the top to the point where she is pretty much a cartoon twirling, mm-hmm. little cartoon villain. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, she is she is legitimately like twirling a a, a, a big handlebar mustache and ha like tenting right, her right. fingers, like mm-hmm. like kinds of evil. It's it's kind of tonally. I mean, the, the, the movie is a lot of fun and it likes to have a lot of fun. And, and that's just kind of I don't think it's a bad performance. I don't necessarily know why they took it in that direction. <laughs> I think that was definitely a deliberate choice to take the ham fest like way into the stratosphere for her for okay. some reason and i don't know right. why they made that choice like i guess i don't think it's a bad performance i think these but i think maybe it's totally not in step with the rest of the film you know i don't yeah. think her performance is as fun as the rest of this film is hers is just like super scenery chewy like super 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 ham fest it's like it's like jim carrey was in the sonic movies except that made sense it doesn't make sense here it's like it's just really out of place, which yeah. is kind of what you're saying. I mean, I think it was a bad performance, but I'm also basing it on everything else. I I mean, she's one of the greatest actresses alive. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess if 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 I'm to believe your point where she's doing it intentionally to kind of purposely put on a bad performance like that, then that that is OK, I guess. 
But I also agree with you that it doesn't really make sense with the rest of the movie, though. Uh, what about the other performances? What 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 kind of stood out to you? Or, I mean, obviously George Lopez, right? Wow. I mean, I mean, literally every single <laughs> other performance. You've got, uh, and I'm going to butcher these names. I'm so sorry, but uh, Bruna Marquezine is Jenny Cord, utterly fantastic. Her chemistry with Jaime was incredible. Love yeah. those two characters together. The dad, like, how just? I mean, that's like the dad. Like, ever? Do you not just want to go have a beer with that dude? Like right yeah. now, just sit down and have a beer with that dude and just talk about life. Like, what an absolutely amazing character. How about Nana, Adriana Barraza? Like, how about Nana? <laughs> and like that third act swerve where she like pulls out that giant gatling gun dude that's so much fun i i immediately i was having so much fun by that point i didn't even care man i mean it was fun but that was part of the movie that felt out of place for me i'm like what <laughs> like i don't know i'm just picturing my own grandma coming into this like apocalyptic battle with like a machine gun i don't know it was just it was just really strange kind of out of nowhere but See, by that point, the scarab, the scarab had its little hooks and everything like that into me. I, this movie just became like this fun, wild ride by that point, And I was just along for that ride. So Granny rocking up with a Gatling gun that like whatever and like screaming and laughing maniacally while she's firing it at these dudes. That's that was so great. I had such a blast that harkens back to like like those 80s action movies. Those way over the top cheesy 80s action movies that, you know, I love. So like maybe yeah. it was a little, little taste of that or or whatever. Uh, his sister, as you mentioned, uh, Belisa mm-hmm. Escobar fantastic performance i absolutely loved her and i really loved how they kind of played her as much more cynical than him and then like she kind of like gets a lot of range of emotion even though it's kind of a a small part really but i mean she goes through a wide range of emotions as well in in that whole thing i mean just that entire family unit together we can talk about george lopez i guess specifically in a second but they they spend this is what good films do and 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 this is so prescient to me especially because just today on my letterbox i'm going to be appearing on swo podcast with Stu. you know our buddy Stu. i'm going to be appearing on there talking about the josh trank fantastic four movie from 2015 that absolutely abysmal dumpster fire And must hate you. <laughs> I, I well, it was my fault. It was the random number generator that picked it for me, and I just decided oh, okay. to go with it. But you know, like nothing for nothing. But like, I watching that movie. Like, I'm thinking about that movie kind of because it's my most recent superhero thing. Before I saw this, this movie does all the things that that movie doesn't do. Because what you need to do in this movie, if you want me to care about these characters and you want me to go along on this emotional journey with them, you have to invest me in them. How do you do that? You just spend time with them, with their family, like those scenes of them all having fun at each other's expense and like picking mm-hmm. fun at each other and like just doing all these different things and like all the different, all the, all these different things. And I mean, I, 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 it's a culture that I'm not a part of, so I can't really speak to like the cultural relevance for it, mm-hmm. but I know, like, I think that's a pretty big thing for like Latin culture in, in, in terms of that as well. But like, even just like, just being a part of that family, like you can feel, you, you can, you can feel the, the, the love and the heart just erupting out of that room like whatever room they're in when they're all in there together like when he shows up to court industries to get that job and they're all in the truck behind him and they're all like hooting and hollering for him and all that different stuff like it's so much fun and they endear you so much to this family like i love this family like i like i said when the dad dies even though i kind of expected it the dad i was devastated when the dad died and especially because jaime at the time is being like dragged away and kidnapped and can't even like be there to properly like mourn like watching his father die but he's helpless and like literally paralyzed like that's such a powerful scene and he's so good in that scene 
I, I mean, I, I mean, seriously. I mean, this is yeah, what was... good movies do: is it invests you in characters. It, it gives you time to become attached to them, and then threatens them, puts them in danger, kills them, even to where it then, like, I mean, bad performance or not, but I guarantee you hated Victoria Cord as a character by the end of this right. movie because of how reprehensible she was as a character. Like I said, to say nothing for the performance. That's effective. That's good filmmaking. That's good storytelling. That's what you do in a movie like this. Right. And the dad dying, that was like the Uncle Ben moment, right? And uh, yeah. you know, I saw this with my son. You know, he was about to turn 10, and we did our little quick reaction afterwards, but we were talking about it in the car on the way home, and he said something to the effect of, it's like, it, it, Blue Beetle's like Batman if you gave him a bunch of technology and just kind of like draped him in that. And then, And then I was telling him, I'm like, well, it's kind of like Iron Man meets Spider-Man, you know, because you have kind of the like innocence and tomfoolery of of a young of a young Spider-Man and Peter Parker. But then you have all the advancements of like Tony Stark and Iron Man. So you saw hints of all these other kind of superhero stories, which to me could it is like kind of a cool homage whereas a lot of people could see it as like a regurgitation of some of the other stories but i kind of liked the different elements that were kind of sprinkled throughout that kind of reminded me of other superheroes like you know you just mentioned the dad dying and that was just literally uncle ben to me from mm -hmm. spider-man i mean that was like the same kind of arc and like and kind of like you said, too, I saw it coming. Like, I knew somebody important was going to die. And it was probably going to be him because they talked about his health problems and, and this and that. But I, I'll go back to what I said in the beginning where I think the reason why I love this movie so much, thinking about it afterwards, is because nothing that I loved about it is really the superhero stuff. It's all the family. And it's all yeah. kind of rooting for them. and kind of thinking how cool it is to see this young kid get the, get this blue beetle and get this power. And I don't know, man, it, it was just like the superhero stuff was kind of a mixed in element, but it wasn't like the movie. And that was what was really interesting about this. I'll just tell anybody listening that has that superhero fatigue like I have. And like, I know Nick has even worse. You should see this movie. You should put that aside and give this one a shot because Kind of like what Nick's saying, it is completely different from anything that we've gotten. I'm not even joking, dude, probably since 08 Iron Man. Like it's, you know, because that was like largely practical and they didn't really know what they were doing yet. And it wasn't over the top. And it's one of those more genuine origin stories, I feel like, in this genre. I mean, is that fair to say, Nick? Or I, I, I mean, I think that's weird because it's Blue Beetle. And we were already kind of saying at the top that this is not a household name. This is not something that you could walk up to anybody on the street and say, hey, what do you think of Blue Beetle? And they might be like, what are you talking about? Or they might take, think it's the Blue Tick movie from, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So, but right. I mean, I feel like this one really breaks the mold and it borrows a lot of that same stuff from the MCU and from some of the DC stuff, but it's its own thing. I mean, uh, so the way I feel about situational like comedy films like uh, uh like your r-rated comedies and stuff like that think about your like old schools and think about you know those kind of movies yeah. of that ilk those movies are all the same exact movie 
Like, yep. I mean, they have different casts and they have different uh, quote unquote story elements and different care, whatever, but they follow largely the exact same progression, the exact same plot beats. Right. But it's this, it's, it's the core of the cast. It's, it's how well does that cast really deliver that material? How passionate about it are they? How much do they care about all of that material and how well is it made? How well is it packaged? Yes. I think you're exactly right. I mean, like I said, the entire second act, like that battle that he has against Carapax, I think is the character's name. Carapax. Yeah, that's right. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, and you mentioned like, that's exact. You're exactly correct. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like seeing that character at the end of the film, like he just has like five seconds before the end of the movie, like that last swerve, like, Oh, Hey, here's your backstory. You were a family person too. Once you loved family too. Like, that's something I really feel like if you wanted me to really care more about that moment, then like, because that's like a whole like minute long sequence or like two minute long sequence of like him all of a sudden, like being like, oh, hey, uh, I'm going to go kill Victoria Court instead. Like, I needed that to be a progressive kind of journey throughout the film, too. I think there were hints of it there. Like, there's a couple of moments where she's like locket or whatever. And it was like, remember the necklace that he had? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they didn't even give us that until the third act either. I don't think they gave it to us in the cold open too. Cause that's like the, literally the opening shot of it is him. In oh, a tent that's right. And he has that mm-hmm. locket in his hand or whatever. But I mean, that's like right. I said, all these, all, you can't go to these superhero movies and expect every one of them to be like completely different in terms of like creating the origin story for the character. It's just not going to happen. You know, I mean, there's only really so many different beats you can play, but what they can do in, and to kind of go back into what you're threading here is, Yes, it's a superhero movie, but let's instead of focusing on the superhero elements of the story, let's focus on the family. Because if you care about the family, that's like like period, like point blank. If you care about the family, if you care about this character, if if you if you throw in your lot with him, like watching him like as a character, then you're going to care about his story as a superhero. You're going to care about all that once they try to throw that in there and invest you in it. Like bar yeah. none, like absolutely bar none. Like it, it's, it's going it, to, you're going to go along for that ride because you really care about him as a character. And by extension, you care a lot about his family as well. Yeah. And Cholo Marjuana as Jaime slash blue beetle was an absolute home run Phenomenal. for, casting for this obviously gained notoriety from Cobra Kai the last few years the TV show on Netflix which he's also really really good in and I'm sure the martial arts and other stuff helped with this role as well but just did such a good job he's so charismatic as an actor I had read that you know James Gunn and everyone involved in the new kind of DC reboot with Superman Legacy coming up that Blue Beetle is still going to be a part of that universe going forward so kind of like it's a weird time, too, because it's like not connected to any of the old shit, but it's going to be part of the new stuff. So it's like literally the the tick in the timeline from when the old kind of switches to the new. I mean, it kind of plays on its own, too, in that sense, though, because it can be if you want it to still be connected to the old DCEU stuff. They never show any of the characters. They mentioned no. Superman. They mentioned Batman. They mentioned the Flash, I think. Like they mentioned did a few notice, different characters. Did you notice he has a Gotham? university sweatshirt yeah, it was on gotham law scene. he went to gotham law that's yeah. where he got his pre-law and did you notice the LexCorp yeah. building in the skyline next to court industries oh no yeah. i didn't yeah there's a LexCorp oh, wow. building in the skyline next to court Industries. so i mean they peppered the easter eggs in there but like i said they don't see you don't see any of the characters like they don't mention any other events of any right. other films so i mean you could if you really want to be that person <laughs> plug it into the dceu but it, like it, it can definitely very easily fit into whatever a kind of rebooted thing is going to be but the problem is is our audience is really going to buy into this kind of thing because 
with this movie, like this movie, I feel like is 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 much better than than a lot of recent superhero movies we got because it doesn't forget to have fun, Gerald, but it doesn't sacrifice that like for the sake of like the heart of the movie like it right. ju- it doesn't like like thor love and thunder i think does that a lot where it's 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 so much focused on the jokes and so much focused on making thor like a parody of himself that it forgets to really pay attention to the heart of the film which is him and jane reconnecting you know and, and all that and i think that's the, that's the success of this film that's the okay. genius of this film is it really it really focuses on the heart between these characters the love of this family and you care so much about them by by the time it's all said and done, I have an important question for you. I know we already did one big question, but it, so I also agree that this is better than the Flash. And I know you said that earlier, and I know your score is obviously better than it was for the Flash. What kind of sets it apart from that movie? So before you answer, we both agreed on that review that we did six or seven weeks ago that Ezra Miller's character was the best part of it, at least from a performance perspective, what we were supposed to connect to emotionally. Mm -hmm. You know, we got the nostalgia from Michael Keaton and like some other stuff, like whatever, whatever. But from a story standpoint, all his, you know, problems or whatever aside, just based on the movie itself, Ezra Miller was what we, what we were kind of taking emotionally, like kind of what we're talking about with this movie. It was, it was really in his character. So as Barry, right? So, when you're looking at just those two movies, the last two movies in the DC and also in superhero films, right? I don't think there's been anything in between these two. Mm. <laughs> Although, who knows? <laughs> what do you see as the main difference from those? I'm going to say two things. Number one, we already talked about it. It doesn't have that gigantic over-the-top CGI third act. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, and, and when and when you do that, it, it, those take me out of the film absolutely instantaneously when I see them. Uh, that's number one. Number two, I think just kind of following that thread that we were just talking about, it doesn't forget about the heart. It continues to make sure that like the, it continues to dedicate screen time to the family. Like even as all this superhero stuff, even as all the different plot elements of this movie are happening around it, it keeps the family and the love of this family at the core of this sure. entire experience. And I, and I, and I think that the flash, like in kind of its masturbatory nostalgia in a way, like with bringing Keaton back, but then doing nothing with him in throwing Supergirl in there and all those different kinds of things. I think the flash gets a little bit lost in this idea of Barry wanting to make one simple change, at least as far as he thinks in terms of, you know, changing some one thing slightly so that his mother survives, you know, and, and, and I think maybe the flash gets a little bit lost in that, but between like right. this gigantic noise of this whole, like, you know, reliving like this battle against the Kryptonians from man of steel and all that like CGI, just giant bombastic, messy noise nonsense. Mm-hmm. I think this film stays much more grounded. I think it stays much more linked to its central, it, it, its central, its central conceit and its central, like the heart of it. Like I said, the heart, it stays connected to that heart of it. I agree. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say almost verbatim is that the flash was, you know, 25% of that like heart that you're talking about. And this movie was like 75, 80% heart. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of flip the equation a little bit in this film. And I think it's interesting to see if this does go forward as part of the new DCU. This movie will stand as a great kind of translation to when it changed, because I obviously hope that Superman legacy is great. 
I hope that everything going forward is is you know at least better than what we've gotten. I know you're a fan of some of the other stuff. It's all been pretty mediocre for me. I I, I like Zack Snyder's Justice League, but that was you know like an HBO release. It wasn't you know theatrical and so on. But I hope that we get more of this, where it's like real family issues, a kid graduating from college, like real world shit that you can connect to as a normal person and then use that as a basis to turn it into whatever fight sequences and, you know, whatever you want to do, but have that be the story, you know, uh, and the flash for me, I liked it. I mean, I, you know, I think it's a good, I gave it a good review. I think it's a good movie, but I think it's missing that element. I think it's more leaning towards you know, the effects and the action and Keaton, which is literally just nostalgia bait. So for me, this is far and above uh, what we should be getting from more of these movies where uh, it's not so much about the, the, the nonsense and the, and the bombastic explosions and uh, whatever else. So I agree with you 100%. Anything else you want to say about Blue Beetle before we get into the next segment here, buddy? Yeah, like I said, if 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 you're somebody like us, and I know we got a question in, in fan feedback before I even want to deal with it uh, for the comment section. I know we got a question that's related to this superhero fatigue. Mm-hmm. Definitely see it. I, I think this yeah. I, for somebody, nobody, and I promise you this, nobody's more fatigued about it than I am. I was so cynical going into this movie. I really, really have said like a very a lot of really, really detestable things. I, I really find superhero movies very frustrating nowadays because I find them so ridiculous and yep. and just too indulgent in their own tropes and trappings. I think this is a little bit of a breath of fresh air, and if it's definitely made with a lot of heart and a lot of passion by a talented director and a talented cast and crew that really cared about bringing this story to the screen absolutely say it my son came to me a couple weeks ago and he was at summer camp and he came to me that day i picked him up and he said hey dad um my buddy i can't remember his name my buddy had this blue beetle comic and he said the movie's coming out are we going to go see it because he knows i go you know see movies all the fucking time And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, God, I got to see the Blue Beetle. <laughs> like, this kid's going to make me go see this. And he wanted to see it. So I'm like, literally in my mind, dragging myself to see this thing uh, for my son. And I ended up loving it. Like, I ended up enjoying the hell out of it. He loved it. You know, I mean, it's one of his, he said it was in his reaction after the movie. I think he said. This is the best thing DC's done since the Batman last year, which is the Pattinson Batman, which is cute that, you know, he's relating that material together. What else together, has DC but, even done since then? Well, the Flash, obviously. In between the Batman <laughs> and this, what else has DC even done? I'm trying to think. You know, Wonder Woman was before that. Wonder Woman was like December during COVID, right? December 2020 or whatever. So, yeah. Think, I think yeah, somewhere I think around there or whatever. Frozen. Black Adam was 2021, although, dear God, Black Adam was a... <laughs> Ooh, yeesh. yeah, oh. but he really loved it. And I did, too. And I, I agree with Nick that if you have superhero fatigue and you're saying to yourself, I don't want to I, I don't want to drag myself to see another movie. It's different. It's not the same superhero kind of regurgitation that we've been getting as of late. So I say give it a go. Sort of. It's sort of not the same. And it sort of doesn't. I mean, it literally does have moments where you're just going to be like, okay, this is like I said, I again, 
second act is Iron Man one. It literally is the end of Iron Man one with the, with literally he's fighting an, just another version of himself. How many different superhero movies have you seen where they're just fighting the bad version of the of the hero? You know, that's fair. Like, that's I mean, fair. like I said, that's probably more of an indictment on comic book writing as a whole, because I know that's like a big thing with like just straight up comic book writing. But, you know, but you will fall in love with this family. You will you fall will. in love with this family. They're so, so good. And I mean, George Lopez, you're going to be your sides. Is, your man, sides are going to be split. So man. He's so funny. He's so good in this. One of the best things is when he says uh, Ted Cord is like Batman with ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that. Uh, yeah, he was so good in this, man. Um, it's a recommend from the P's. And it, by the way, the good news is the math is really easy for me this week. Sevens across the board. Seven from me and Nick. Seven out of ten from the P's on Blue Beetle. Nick, as we end every episode, we head over to Facebook and we check the comments section to see what the fans had to say. You and I reach in there and we grab a question from one of the fans and we try to answer that on the episode. Would you like to go first, buddy? What question is kind of jumping out at you over there? Oh, my goodness. I mean, we already answered a couple of them, as we kind of do every time. We talked about yeah, Joey know, DiCarlo, yeah. asked about the worst performance of Susan Sarandon's career. I think maybe you might agree with him. I, like I said, I don't think it was a bad performance. I think it was a deliberate choice to be that over-the-top. Whether that over-the-topness works for you, I think, is a different question entirely. But I'm going to go with, let's see it in here, Julio. Our boy Julio from the Contrarians, love Julio so, so much, actually asked a question because I can't touch on the cultural relevance of this to someone who is Latino or anything like that. He asked if we would have enjoyed this movie more if we were Hispanic. And mm -hmm. I don't I don't think I have an answer for that question specifically because I, I can't speak to that. It's, it's kind of the same thing as like Barbie. Like I can't watch Barbie and suddenly claim that I understand everything about women that women have ever been through. You know, mm -hmm. same thing with this. Like I can't watch this from that perspective. But what it what it does is it showcases a culture that that I'm not as familiar with. So I think from that perspective, I think I really, really enjoyed and and loved seeing just like. I think that this gives me a window into a culture that I'm not a part of. And I love films like this that introduce me to different cultures that I'm not necessarily as, as, as close to. In fairness, I think that he probably asked that because he thought you were going to hate it because <laughs> you hate all superhero <laughs> movies, which is something to be said for that. When you hear your rating, you know, he might have, he might have, but that's, that's kind of why I wanted to grab it anyway, though, because I really think, I really think I, I probably loved, like there was probably a part of the reason why I loved it is because it is this window into a different culture that I am not a part of and I'm not exposed to regularly. You know, somebody who is, and you know, I'm going to have to just read and watch other reviews and stuff like that to really get like the kind of Latin perspective on this. Cause that's something that I'd really, really love to see is how Latin people are responding to this. You know, that's yeah. something I'd really, really love to see, but just that window into it, like the window into it that this movie provides. I love that. I love, I love that so, so much. I agree. I agree. I love the cultural significance for sure. I mean, it's got a Hispanic writer. They hired a director from, I think, Puerto Rico. Obviously, we know they're all the Latino actors that are in the film. So I think it's uh, great from that perspective as well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go now. This might lead to like kind of a broad discussion. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go with Jared Taylor because obviously a constant contributor to the show. We love Jared. He's a patron. 
And he just wants to know what our thoughts are on National Cinema Day. So as we're recording this, it actually is National, National Cinema Day. It was $4 for most movies across the country. Um, by the way, I guess you saw this for 4 bucks today. <laughs> Blue Beetle. I saw this for the 50 cent, uh, 50 cent courtesy fee I have to pay to order tickets online from Regal because I'm a I'm a Regal Plus oh, I'm a okay. Regal Plus member so it like it, just to not really jump on top of that question just yet like I'll let you get in there a little bit more but uh, it means nothing to me it, it literally means nothing because I I'm I'm a member of like a Plus program anyway and I go to the movies like all the time and I pay like literally like I said I pay like what 24 bucks a month it is or whatever for Regal's Regal service so yeah well we're we're you know to kind of get into the discussion about Jared's question there, I do think it's important to drive traffic to the movies. And I think Barbie and Oppenheimer have been doing that this summer. Uh, and then For people sure. are going to, you know, piggybacking on that and going to see other stuff as well. You know, the GA, if you will. But with the SAG, AFTRA, and WGA strikes going on and projects getting pushed back, I was distraught to hear about dune part two getting pushed back to next year uh poor things by yorgos has already gotten pushed back and it may get pushed back even further but we just don't know what the future of cinema is right now with all these you know studios kind of greediness which is how i would put it but just all the kind of uh, gridlock that's going on right now with the, with the strikes and stuff so i think that it's a good thing. I really do. I have the AMC Stubbs thing, which is similar to your Regal uh, membership that you were talking about. It's like 20 bucks a month. So, you know, I see, unless it's a critic screening, I see, you know, basically everything I see on my Stubbs account anyway. Um, but we, we are who we are, Nick, and we're doing a podcast about movies and, and so on. So the general public gets a, gets a chance to go out to the movies. And I have a friend that's a bartender at my AMC, and we went to see. Uh, Gran Turismo last night and he was like you're not going to go tomorrow for the four dollar movie day and I was like well we got stubs and he was like well thank god you're not coming tomorrow it's going to be a madhouse they said there's going to be like five thousand people here in like a two-hour time frame <laughs> and I'm like yeah I'm not trying to deal with all that so it was really busy at my theater today I will say that it was very very busy yeah. there like there were more people there than I expected my my screening of Blue Beetle was actually relatively full compared to some of the other screenings I've seen there of late I saw a, I saw a stat that Barbie was number one and Blue Beetle was number two for National Cinema Day. And I don't know how they already have those numbers since it's still going on right now. But yeah, apparently those were the top two movies for today of people that, you know, took advantage of it or whatever. So I don't know if that'll help Blue Beetle's box office because it's four dollars per person. But um, hopefully it does, because obviously we enjoyed it. Seven out of ten from the piece. So thank you, Jared, for the question. Thank you, Julio, for the question. And don't forget to leave questions in the comment section for us every week over on the Facebook fan page, which is linked down below if you would like to join up over there to the private group. All right, guys. So what we're going to do this week, once again, it debuted a couple weeks ago before I went on vacation. We spun the roulette wheel where Nick gets a pick for a movie to review. I get a pick for a movie. And then our patrons throw a bunch of movies into a hat and we draw one of theirs out of a hat if they get chosen. Yep. So there's essentially a 33.3% chance for all of us to get landed on here to pick a movie to review. Nick won it last time and he chose The Room. I'm picking it again if I win again. It's it's happening. And again. I thought he loved me. 
and he picked the room for our I first do. roulette I was, pick. I, I, I gave it a 10 out of 10. I love it. I love it so much. I love Lisa so much. <laughs> you know That's what? why I wanted to give I it to am, you. I am really glad that I got to see that movie. So you actually did do me a favor there. It was number one on my kind of blind spot list. So There you go. So we're going to spin the wheel, guys. Now, there's an independent film coming out called Bottoms that we're both very, very excited to talk about yep. and to see if that comes out in the next week. That will be the movie next week. However, we don't know if we're going to get it in Nick's market. So we're going to kind of play wah, it by wah. ear. So we're going to we're going to spin the wheel to have a backup plan. And if Bottoms does come out in, in his neck of the woods this week, then we will review this movie the following week. All right, guys, so here we go. Gerald, Nick, and the patrons get a pick, and we're going to spin it here, Nick. Let's, let's see what we got. I need this so bad. Give it to me. Give it to me. Bam! It landed on the patrons for the audio listeners. The patrons are going to pick a movie for us, Nick. Ooh. All right, so I have inputted all of the films that the patrons have suggested for you and I, Nick, on the last post that I put over there on Patreon. It's 11 films. We're going to give the wheel a spin, and then I will credit the patron that suggested it after we find out what we're going to be watching for the next review. I mean, I already know who recommended Under the Silver Lake. I'm going to take a huge stab in the dark, but I know exactly who that was. Uh, you do. All right, here we go. Let's give it a spin. <laughs> oh, so my God. Oh, you son of a bitch. You jinxed us on that. Under the Silver Lake? <laughs> So Dan, I've seen that twice. Dan, you won. I already know that's Dan. Just tell me I'm tell Have me I'm right. Seen that, I, know Nick? Seen no, it's not, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I've not seen it. It's definitely Dan Brennick. And since you haven't seen it, I'm glad to review it. I saw it twice. And actually, the last time I saw it was because of Dan, too. <laughs> he suggested it for a watch party on Patreon a couple years ago. There you go. Jesus. Get it, Dan. Get it. Get some. This guy makes me watch this movie once a week, apparently. And and we uh, another another time that I don't have to watch Angels with Dirty Faces, which I will never, Yaney, I will never watch it ever. It was on the wheel though. It was. You saw it was. It with, was. You It'll never, it was on the wheel. I'm going to be sick that week if it ever gets picked. We're going to have to get Brad in here to re to review it or something. <laughs> you know what you could do if if it lands on it, you could watch it right. You could play it on your TV, but then like have it like in the picture and picture so it's like at the bottom of the screen bar you're watching a football game you know i'll just put it like on my laptop like behind me be like oh it's playing like it's playing in the same room i'm in but you know be like no i watched it it was just during the giants game i don't have no idea what happened yeah man all right so under the silver lake let me get some details for the movie real quick. i know andrew garfield i can't remember who directed i know he's it. in it Jesus it's not the Christ, same person man. who did nightcrawler because they did that movie about paintings or whatever you know how much dan's laughing right now as he's doing whatever dan's enjoying doing dan's enjoying it. every minute of this dan, this we is love the you. worst thing that could have ever happened to me although Man. i liked it better on the second watch than my first watch maybe you'll love it this time maybe you're gonna come out of the gate 10 out of 10 on this one all right under the silver lake directed by david robert mitchell who did it follows which is a horror movie i love oh, okay. but other okay. than that he hasn't really done a whole whole lot but stars andrew garfield riley keogh topher grace from 2018 pre-pandemic a kind of neo-noir crime mystery thriller film that's fucking weird man and you haven't seen it so i won't spoil anything for you but if we don't do bottoms next week Get your eyes on Under the Silver Lake, and we'll either do that next week or the following week. And there you have it. So thank you, patrons, for your suggestions. I will throw another post up in the near future for you to put some more movies in there for me and Nick to throw on the wheel. 
Yaney, do not put angels with dirty faces on there. Do something else. I'm, I'm gonna be sick that week. I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> I feel I feel the tickle already. I just I feel I feel it coming on. Oh man, that's it uh, for the Blue Beetle review and then some. Nick, you are the man, brother, and Godspeed with your episode of Nikolai's Kitchen dropping this week. I'm excited that it's coming back, and I'll see you next week. We'll talk something, either this or bottoms or. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk be about here. movies. Go man. see Blue Beetle. Meantime, get out to the theater. Go see Blue Beetle. It definitely is worth your money, unlike a lot of these recent superhero movies. Uh, you're gonna have a good time with it. I promise you. Like I said, I promise you, you're gonna fall in love with this family. It's it's really great. Absolutely, guys. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>